Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brennan's not here. Sorry, Jared. We'll miss we you. We miss you. John Esterly with Rare Bus Effects is in the house. Uh, and uh, part of the reason is because he happens to be friends with the person on the other line. Person, <gasps> who are you? My name is Nick, and I am with Wonder Effects. Correct. Amuda, you got it right. What, what, yes. What? You Why are you pointing me? You didn't hear, introduce yourself, I'm getting Todd. ready to. Hey, everybody. It's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs Podcast. We are thrilled to death that you <laughs> are listening to our show. Uh, we love doing this every single week, despite uh, what Tony looks like. <laughs> um Anyways, so yeah, we're really thrilled that you're here, and uh, Tony, for those who might be joining for the first time, in a briefer version that you do, could you, you know, give us the Yes, Todd. Well, what we like to do is discuss gear, specifically boutique gear. We speak to the builders and the movers and the shakers and the makers of this said boutique gear, and that's things like guitars and amps and pedals and effects and accessories. Indeed. And we uh, we put them all and have them f- with cocktails in the afternoon. <laughs> right. <laughs> Excellent. A nice gin ricky or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Is that what they have? I don't know. Anyways, uh, yeah, so that was that was pretty pretty good there, Tony. Yeah, keep yeah, keep uh, practicing. Okay. Um, we're going to have a fantastic show because Nick built some great pedals, and we have one of them on the table. Uh, we're going to find out his backstory, find out his front story, and... Um, what he might be up to uh, moving forward. So we're going to get you all familiar with this builder. Yes. We have a few things that we need to uh, take care of before we get rolling into the uh, normal show. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a few announcements. Road! Road Mics. Thank you so much to Road Mics for providing our audio equipment. Uh, we are much obliged for the Procaster Mics and the uh, um, the Roadcaster Pro console here hey nick works out great nick thank you for uh for being our friend out there our correspondent uh in australia yes and uh also i got a letter from one of our favorite guests that we had on i mean everybody's a favorite that's not how would i say it's yeah. one of our favorite it's there they, it's like picking it's like your favorite babies oh my little babies um <laughs> but who was it it was nick uh, nick you're on the line frank dimel uh, Frank Daimel. From Germany. Yeah, that was, a, that was a pretty good, right? No, no? not really. I, uh, I wonder if he says, like, if he if he says it, like, like all angry, like, Frank Daimel! <laughs> he might. He uh, might everybody have, yells he might have three like years this he, episode. He might, not, he might not like that. Um, <laughs> anyways, Frank's a great guy, and actually, I'd love to have him back on the show. Oh, he's, he makes some really cool guitars. He said, uh... Hey, Todd, hope all is well. I have a good, very good and old friend. I don't know if that means his friend is old or he's been friends with him for a long time. There's not... Or if yeah, he's good. Language. Um, yes, or if he's, if he's very good. A very good friend. I would love to introduce you to. Yes. His name is Pascal Stoffels. Mm. And he originally invented the pickup Leslie. Mm, which what? is one of Frank's signature pieces of uh, equipment that oh, he puts the, in his... the Les yeah. Lee. Yeah, the Les Lee. Oh, the that's... Pick up and Les that, Lee. by the way, is a very cool onboard effect that 
rotates between the bridge and the neck pickup and gives you kind of a vibrato-y kind of yes. a... Yes. It's, it's like nothing you've ever heard, and there's some really cool... It's remarkable. ...videos out there that, that demonstrate it, so check yeah. it out. It's kind of... It, it, it would be like if you were sitting in the middle of... It's, if you were sitting between two oval racetracks, but yeah. there was only one car on each. <laughs> yeah, it's called the Doppler effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, I think that was taken, though. Anyways, uh, a, an onboard unit for guitars, which alternates the pickups automatically, as Tony just said. Well, it was developed with Lee Ronaldo in mind. That's the Lee in Les Lee. The Les Lee. Explain who Lee Ronaldo is. So Lee Ronaldo was with a band called Sonic Youth. Uh-huh. They were kind of a cutting-edge experimental noise band. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe the the head of the the tip of the spear. The preeminent of that entire genre. The preeminent genre. Yes. And uh, both he and Thurston Moore uh, were well known for their uh, experimental experimental guitar stuff, and they used a lot of. Jazz but masters. not too heady. It's not like King Crimson or something. No, it's something that I think everybody could listen to. Yeah, because it's messy. But anyhow, so Lee Ronaldo, uh, Frank Dimel had, I guess, made a guitar or two for uh, for Lee, and this was an onboard effect. And again, it's very cool. It's unlike any other vibrato that you've probably heard because it's really switching between the two pickups instead mm-hmm. of you know alternating the phase in a in a uh, single signal yes like a leslie speaker correct yes um so anyways or not really like a leslie speaker you could have said no i i'm wrong a lot <laughs> you're never wrong you gave Todd. me the stink face everybody's like what's he talking about no Todd. Yeah. anyways um so he says his website we have we spent a lot of time on this he uh his website is if you're interested in this everybody all right write this down pick up les lee pick up L-E-S-L-E-E dot com. He just released uh, the publicly... uh, He just released it. It is publicly available, uh, the new version for any guitar. Oh, nice. And it's an easy drop-in kit. The most advanced thing is it doesn't require a battery. What? Yes. And he says, all the best. Frank! Hmm. There's actually an exclamation point, so I think that's how he wanted me to read it. How does it not require a battery? I am not... Mr. Pascal. So don't ask me, dude. Is it use solar light? I don't know. Maybe I'm, it I'm uses gonna have the to energy of of the the guitar player. I don't know. Anyway, wow. so that's out there. Uh, pickupleslie.com. Check this out. You may really dig it. Um, so thank you, Frank, for sending that our way. Boy, oh boy, we need to get... What's going on in our music world this week? Let's, Let's do this. Tony, you're going to hit it off, and then we're going to talk to our friend Nick Yes, over at Wonder Pedals. Well, it just so happened that earlier this afternoon, John Esterly stopped over at my shop. And if you remember in the last episode... Are, am I stealing your thunder? You're taking mine. All right, I'm going to skip over that. So John was at my shop. <laughs> okay. Does anyone else notice how expensive guitar cases have gotten? I mean, um, I used to be able to get a guitar case for like 50 or 60 bucks. You mean like a hard case? Like a hard shell case. Yeah, with a plush on the inside. Yeah. You can't touch a guitar case for under 150 bucks anymore. Not with not like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Unless you go to like music go around or something. Maybe. Maybe, but even then, but it's, I mean, I, I'm shocked and, you know, I don't know, maybe it's supply chain. I don't know, but it's, 
I mean, they've literally doubled, and in some cases tripled, uh, just for the case. Yeah. So here's a little trick that I'm going to share with our listeners. Put it in a golf bag. No. Oh. Um, if you go and do an Amazon search, mm-hmm. and I'm, the reason I, I bring this up is just today I got my case in. Um, and let's just say, in this case, I was looking for an ES-335 case. Okay. Um, so I typed that in. And then there's a little, when you go to sort or to refine your search, you can go down and select used. And a lot of times what happens is people will buy cases or whatever, and um, they, you know, return them, whatever. And Amazon, they generally don't just put them back in, in, you know, into rotation. They go into a separate facility where they sell any return merchandise is used. And you can save anywhere from, you know, 20 to 50% off. Save of 20 to 50%. That's right. Um, so today, for instance, mm-hmm. I got my, I ordered a used ES-335 case made by Gator. Oh. Cool case. It's brown case. It's got a pink lining. It even has the nice. uh, Victoria's Secret cover for the guitar. Yeah. And I get the case. I pull it out. And it looks fine, except in one area... Uh, part of the Tolex had lifted up. It was bent back, which is probably why it was returned. Now, I ended up getting the case, I think it's normally about $160, $170 for under 100 bucks shipped. Not and bad. And it took uh, more time to heat up my hot glue gun than it did to fix the Tolex. Brilliant. So you can, it's worth checking out if you, uh, if you have options and, and if you go down, even if you, you don't even have to do a search like that. If you're looking at something and at the bottom there might be some used options, mm-hmm. always check that out because I, I, I guarantee you you'll save some money doing it that way. Yeah, well, especially if it's not electronics and stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, some, they're, they're some people buy that stuff and return it anyhow. Right. Um, but open it up. Drop a deuce and send it back. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like something you would do, Todd. Wow. I don't know. That's we, somebody out there we, surely has done that. We got there quick, didn't we? Yes, we did. <laughs> All right, next. Yes. All right. Nick, how about yourself? What's going on? And we talked about what you could talk about, so you should talk about it. Uh, yeah, I've actually just sold my 1977 ES335. Ah. Um, which I very much dug. But it was just kind of, it's one of those things. It cost a lot of money, and I didn't love it as much as it costs. Like the, the like-to-cost ratio just uh, wasn't quite there. Uh, yeah. sure. And when I went to Chicago Music Exchange with my buddies, I was just kind of strumming a few 335-style guitars on the wall. And I was just like, yeah, no, 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 no. And I came across an, a Heritage H535, mm. the yep. artisan-aged one. And I was like, oh, no, this <laughs> feels so good. And I kind of took it off the wall, strummed it, and I was like, oh, it feels great, sounds great. That's not good. <laughs> then I plugged it into an amp, and I was like, oh, boy. And my buddy was like, oh, you're buying that, aren't you? And I'm like, ha, 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 I don't, uh, I can't. So I texted home, and I was just like, hey, <laughs> I'm going to come home with a pretty expensive guitar, but I am selling another guitar. And my wife was like, yeah, you know, live your life. Actually, what she said was a typo. It was, she said, love your life with no punctuation. 
Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, okay, e- either it meant live your life, like do what you want, have fun. Elsewhere. Yeah. Or, or, <laughs> yeah. Love or your life meant, now because when you come home, you're a dead man. Or it was like a sarcastic, like, wow, love your life. Like oh. you can just go with your friends and uh, buy guitars. Right. And I was like, I was like, wait, what does this mean? There's three <laughs> um, different meanings. Yeah, there's a lot. So I was just kind of like freaking out. But yeah, anyway, I came home with the guitar and I sold another guitar that, that not my 335 to pay for it. And the 335 just hung out for a long time and it finally sold. And then I really wanted another amp and I've been looking at magnetone amps, mm-hmm. um, which it, there's definitely a big cost to like ratio there. I had to make sure I really liked it. And the one that I really liked was just out of reach, the Super 59 M80, uh, which is, you know, they're kind of 45 watt Marshall Plexi, Billy Gibbons co-design sort of thing. And they go for a lot of money. And I was like, well, that's the one I How want. How much is I a just, lot of money, Nick? Uh, $3,100 for just the head. Yeah, that's, that's, that is that's a lot of money. Woof. And the, the cab, honestly, the 212 cab you can get with it is like $2,000 for the cab. Hmm. Um, and I was just kind of like, well, you know, maybe in another lifetime, I'll, I'll end my search now. It was nice looking at these. And with literally within hours, my buddy texted me and was like, gear page, super good deal on one, only 1800 bucks shipped. Wow. (laughs) And I was like, 1800 bucks shipped. That must be the 15 watt one, you know, no thanks. And he goes, nah, check this out. And I made a gear page account I, I i'm not on there I, and i wrote the guy and i was like oh is this still available and he was just like yep paypal me this and i'll send and yeah he sold it to me just right then and there it happened real fast nice so yeah on saturday i'm getting an amp i just didn't think i was ever going to own and i'm wow. really excited about that and it's it's been a long time since i've kind of a. Uh, I guess that's a lie. I was going to say a long time yeah. since I've gotten a new amp, uh-huh. but um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I've been in guitar mode for a while. So I like yeah. shifting gears and I go between studio gear, amps, guitars. I do a little rotation, except for pedals. Now I don't really, uh, I don't really get many pedals just because I'm in that business. Right. And I don't know. It hasn't really lost its magic, but I get to put things into the pedals, like guitars, and then amps and you know i mic them up so all the fun it's funny i'm considering a guitar an accessory to a pedal but (laughs) that's so how do you i mean do you in comparison to the your 335 how do what do you like more about the uh the heritage um i think there's there was just something i want to say it was mostly the pickups Mm -hmm. in the old gibson and i think they're the tim shaw humbuckers which i really love i have an 81 les paul custom and it just sounds phenomenal plays so well it's probably my number one guitar Mm -hmm. which is what i say about every one of my guitars um and this it, it just sounded a little muddy to me and a little bit um i don't know it just it it didn't have the thing Sometimes you just pick up a guitar and you're like, yeah, it's close. And then, yeah, when I picked up that Heritage, I think it has, um, I'm not very good with pickup names, but they're like the 59s, um, whatever those are called. Maybe Seymour. Seymour Duncan's, yeah, probably. Yeah, Seymour Duncan 59s. And I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I've ever really cared for those. And my my buddy was like, yeah, but when they put them in a hollow body, a semi-hollow, it's like a totally different thing. They they just kind of have this like snap and this bite to them, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's exactly what 
I'm looking for in a semi hollow guitar. Like I want it to have some clarity and not get all woofy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so when I plugged it in, I was just like, ah, oh, there it is. And then I went to the neck pickup, which is a big test. You know, a lot of two humbucker style guitars, you go to the neck pickup and it's just tubby woof. Yeah, tubby woof city, which is where I live, coincidentally. And <laughs> yeah, but this was just like crystal clear. And I was like, oh, yep, like whatever this magic was. And something about the artisan aging, um, I really love picking up a guitar and it, you know, it feels broken in like an old baseball glove or whatever. Mm-hmm. But also just it sounds different when you're playing it acoustically, like there's this, it, it, it almost breathes. Mm. And, you know, I'm usually not one of those people who cares about that sort of thing. It's like, Oh, it's all about the pickup. It's all about the amp, whatever. But yeah, when, when I can sit down with it unplugged and it just feels like a great instrument, that's a big selling point for me. So, yeah. And it's tobacco burst too, which is not really a color that I'm even drawn to. But I was just like, well, this is the magic guitar. It's my color now. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like opening up my world a little. Yourself. That's cool. That's, I, that's yeah. always, that's great. And it's, what's really cool is you got that. You've got an amp coming to you that, you, you know, you, you thought you'd never could get. So I'd say that's a damn fine week. Yeah. Better yep. go yeah. get your finger slide. Oh, I got them right here. <laughs> I got them right in front of me for some reason. Yeah. I, I I ordered a slide tutorial, like a, a lesson on like whatever that, uh, is it like udemy.com? Yeah. I, I ordered one of those courses like a year ago as if I have time to like sit and like do something. <laughs> so I should probably like cash in. I think it was a RJ Ronquillo one. Oh, yeah. So I got to I got to hit him up and be like I'm going to learn how to play like you man. I'll be like, "Yeah, sure, dude." Okay. <laughs> you <laughs> but, are my oh. idol. And then one other thing, um I got a Rickenbacker 330 a few months ago. Yay! Which is never love your told, life. Yeah, love my life. Um, my <laughs> no, literally my whole life I've been told avoid these guitars. They have these quirks. Yeah. Um they're not made in a way that blah 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 and also when I played in my band, it was like a very humbucker, high gain amp kind of band. So I was like, why would I get, you know, a Rickenbacker? Um, Dan from the band, the Suicide Machines played a Rickenbacker 330 and it was like held together with duct tape. So that was kind <laughs> oh, of like, that was like the only guitar that I had really played, uh, you know, a Rickenbacker 330. So that was my only way to really judge it. Uh-huh. And I saw that matte black finish one and I was like, ah, I'm going to go to the guitar store, Motor City Guitar. And I'm going to hope I hate it. Like, I really hope this <laughs> sucks. And, yep, it was kind of one of those things. I strummed it a few times. And Jacob, he's our good friend who works there. I looked at him. I'm like, ah, I'm buying this, aren't I? You know? <laughs> he was just like, yeah, dude, all right. No, nah, so. there, you know, and contrary to what you might have heard, I mean. Rick, Not contrary. He's right. Uh, the, I'm, I'm, I don't like when you interrupt me, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to take your head off one of these days. No, I wouldn't do that. Eh, maybe. Uh, but, um, you know, they, they're actually made very well. And the one of the weird things about them, in, in, you know, if you ever get in a situation, you can't do a neck reset, really, on a, on a Rickenbacker because of the construction. Right. There's basically, a, you know, they construct the body, and there's a slot that the tenon of the neck slides into. And you cannot, you know, really do a neck reset. Now, that being said, I've never had a Rickenbacker that needed a neck reset. Um, so there's something definitely done right there. 
Um, and they're not, you know, some people think they're very fragile and, you know, they're, they're pretty robust instruments cause they're made out of maple and walnut for the most part. And those are pretty indestructible woods. If I yeah. was a, uh, guitar repair person that specialized in resetting necks, I would name my company the Guitaropractor. <laughs> mm. I like that. You like that? I think you should start doing that because nobody wants to do neck resets. Yeah. <laughs> All right, John. So Tony was uh, about to steal my thunder, but I'm going to do it right now. Thankfully, he uh, he backed off. So, as you recall, last week, uh, Mr. Dudzig was nice enough to gift us with these Chinese import fake clans. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think they're fake because it says on the inside on the circuit board. Klon. It does say clan. So I think it, <laughs> I think it's the real <laughs> thing. But uh, it, you know, when we broke it open on air uh, last week, schematically it's correct. But I had some questions about the quality of some of the parts and. Um, I so today I broke it open and kind of snagged the low hanging fruit. I swapped out the diodes for more appropriate uh, Soviet germanium diodes, and then the op amps I don't believe were real. Which, considering what they were supposed to be, doesn't make any sense because they're not anything magical. Um, so I swapped out those parts and uh, took the the fake clon to Tony's shop. What this else afternoon. did you do to it? And I changed the LED to pink because <laughs> pink sells. And uh, so we, we had some an opportunity to kind of do a side-by-side comparison between the, you know, the original unmodified and, and the modified. And just those three mm. components yeah. really brought it to life. I mean, the, the, I don't want to say the headroom, but like the voicing of the pedal. It it's just, just sounded bigger. Yeah. It sounded bigger. And... You know, it, it it may be slightly darker because I think that the uh, the, the the tone control, uh, I think was I, I had it, I I had to turn down more on the unmodified version. No, reverse that. Uh, I had to turn it. I had to turn Somebody it. Somebody kickstart Tony for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I had to turn the tone up a little bit on the modified version. And maybe down a little bit on the unmodified version. Okay. But other than that, but I mean, it's the the whole thing. I mean, I I plugged it in and I just did my normal, pretty much twelve o'clock settings, and it just sounded massive. I can't wait to check this out um, because that was my complaint when I played it up against the I I A-beat it against the uh, Sierra Tone. Yeah, uh, you should. Shirt. I should have brought it so you could try. Well, it. what I asked John to do is to do that to uh, mine as well as the one that we're going to give away. Oh, everybody. smart! Yes, that's smart. Yeah. So, uh, John, and let's make Jared suffer through without it. Yeah, John is. I already texted him. Ah, so. Yeah, I know. John has been kind enough to offer his services up there um, with you know a modicum of compensation. I mean, and, and it's it really did make a huge difference. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking I'm, forward. Yeah, to thanks it. for doing that, John. Thanks for leaving me that one, and I especially like the pink LED. Yeah. <laughs> um, Actually, if you're doing those, maybe we can put orange ones in. That'd be fun. I do have orange LEDs. Sweet. All right. Well, um, I this is how about you, Todd? A, this has been a whole show of just like what's going this on week in the world this week. Music. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is. I'll make this one a shorter. Uh, I was gonna do two, but I'll I'll save the one for next week. I 
was watching, I can't remember who I was watching, but I was watching somebody and um, the, I, I looked at the, the headstock and I was like, what is on this headstock? Now, I have, if I'm gigging and stuff, I don't really have anywhere to put picks. And I don't want to gum up. I used to, like, mm, on, on some guitars, I'd, I'd roll up a little thing of duct tape and, you know, just use it for the show and everything. But I'm like, man, I don't want to keep doing that. It's kind of janky. And it, Have you, you ever know, tried looks... gaffer's tape? Uh, yeah, I, I do. Mm. I have a huge roll of it. I love gaffer's tape. Gaffer's tape is fantastic. Um, anyways, so I looked and I... I saw that this was a guitar. This is from Guitar Assassin. Now I don't know why he named that that company. It's actually in Ohio. Oh, really? Yes. So I ordered a couple things from from this said Guitar Assassin, and what it is, it's like a strip of like a less than an eighth inch it's like maybe a, a cup like less than an eighth inch so oh, several sixteenths tall let's see it hang on a second i'm holding it Get um, and uh it's super super gummy it's like the kind of gu- it's it's you know what it is it's the same material that they put on you know like a, a dashboard phone holder yeah where you stick it on and you're like how is this sticking and then you pull it off and you're like how is this tea still sticking that's uh, approximately one sixteenth of an inch. Okay, perfect. So I was right. Uh, anyhow, and it's about um, two and a, three inches long, and it comes in clear or black, and I think they have white too. But I said I'm going to get a couple clear ones and a couple black ones. Hmm. And what you do is you it's covered in plastic, and you peel one side off, and you stick it on the. If you're playing the guitar, you stick it on the heads the headstock uh, edge. Okay. And then you just put press your picks on it, and I'm like, holy crap, that's freaking genius! Or you could stick it anywhere else you want on the guitar, but it's it's made. Think about if you're playing like a three three, you know, like a like a, just a, any Gibson or Les Paul, yeah. right? Right. It would be um, just kind of staring right up at you. And then you can just reach up and go and pull the pick off. And it stays gummy. Hmm. And it holds the picks. I couldn't believe it. And they, what is it? And does it cheap. do anything to the finish? No, because it's just, there's nothing, there's no, there, there's no adhesive on it. It's the, it's the nature of the material. That's why it's so genius. Wow. Yeah. So, have anyways. You, have you verified that it doesn't do anything to the finish? Oh, yeah. I verified it scientifically. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, but I'm trying to remember, the person that I saw it on was like a, a very, re- it might have been Pete Thorne. No, it wasn't Pete Thorne. It was somebody who I was like, Lee okay, Renaldo. well, if they have it, if the, oh, no, it was Slash. Ah. That's where I saw oh, it. Oh, that, the That's where I saw yes. it. Yeah, I was watching the documentary. I was like, what is that? And he had it on like every guitar. I'm like, well, sold. I mean, if he's using it. Yeah. Yeah. On, on like $100,000 Gibson or whatever. Uh, Keep going. Well, that's his, you know, anyway. Okay, numbers, whatever. You got me stuck. Now I'm in a loop. Ugh. <laughs> Anyhow, so I brought one in for you and one for oh, John. Nice. Oh, thank, thank you. you. So you guys can try it out, and then, you I'll know, stick it on. I tell on you what. One of John's guitars. One of the things that, that we that we talk about is, like, when, you know, we do the tour gear stuff. Yeah. I've been asked so many times, you guys, you should do more ads. I'm like, I'd be happy to do a couple more. Yeah, not too but much. But not too many. 
because I don't want to make this just a bunch of ads. But also, I'm not going to do an ad for anything that I don't absolutely say, yes, this is awesome. I use this product. I We have verified it collectively, and we all believe that this is a great product. I think that's smart. I think this might be one of those, and I might have to talk to Guitar Assassin and see if they want to do something. Yeah, so. that'd be cool. So here you go, gents. All right. Well, well thank you. And, you. and I found out that if you don't, uh, if it starts Where? to get ungummy because you're not, you know, it's got dirt on it or whatever, you just like wipe it off with water and it resets itself. I don't know. This is, this is space material. Hmm. Okay. Hey, speaking of tour gear, Tony. Yes, Todd. Let's do Let's do that right now. So, Todd. Yes, sir. I... I'm in a bit of a kerfuffle. Oh, you can't say that on this podcast. Yes. You can't? Oh, is it still G-rated? It is. Well, anyhow, this kerfuffle that I'm in, mm -hmm. I've got this wonderful pedal that John Esterly just modified. Yep. And here I am, I've got like a bunch of other pedals. And I'm trying to figure out what I can do to be able to use that pedal. I, I, I'm so tired of plugging one pedal in and then unplugging it and going to or another pedal. Or having extra long, big cords hanging out all over the place and stuff. Do you have any suggestions for me? I do. You me? can go to tourgeardesigns.com. Why didn't yourself. I think I of know, that? Well, because I'm the smart one. Um, <laughs> you can get yeah. loads of different sizes. I Actually, I just went last night to get a couple for something else that I'm working on, a project that I'll be sharing out. Uh, because I was like, well, now I have to get one of these things that I wasn't prepared to do. A TRS cable. Um, oh. Yes, it's mysterious. Anyways, go to tourgeardesigns.com. Use the guitar knobs in your in the discount area once you uh, go to. What's that know, discount code again? The guitar knobs, all, all lowercase, lower all one save, word. Save ten percent on your order. Uh, Wait a minute, that. you're saying ten percent on top of an already ready, crazy affordable stuff? Yes, Th that's that's crazy. Yeah, it's true. I know. 10% on and the whole guess order. What? Just so you guys know, usually when I do go get those, uh, get myself some, you know what I do? I get a couple extra and I give them out and I give them away to our supporters. So I did that again. And there we're going to give a couple more patch cables away from Tour Gear. Oh, that's cool. Tom. All right, everybody. Uh, oh, hang on. No, that's not it. No. <coughs> oh. I thought I loaded it in. Oh. Let me get a little bit. I didn't. You okay, didn't do that. Okay, stop. Stop the crickets. I, okay, here we go. Let me get a little bit of this. One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. Hey, all right. We've got Nick from Wonder Effects. What is your four on the floor? First, I have the Boss OC2. And uh, when I was picking my four on the floor, I kind of had to make a decision. Do I just want to have four that I would play around with and have fun? Uh, would I gig with all these? Uh, do I put anything sentimental? Uh, so the OC2 for me is both sentimental and just super fun. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite boss pedals. And... If I was just going to jam for a few hours by myself, I would probably most likely have one octave down the whole time. Oh, and just really? Riff. It's just so much fun. And ever since I was a, a kid, 
I just loved going into a music store and plugging into, you know, the big wall of boss pedals mm. and always finding the octave. And then soon after that, finding the band CKY. And that was kind of like their main riffage. So yeah, it just has a soft spot in my heart. And uh, yeah, I finally got an old one. I, I really like the OC3. Mm-hmm. And I know they have some other new ones, but this one kind of has that nice glitchy sort of nature. And yeah, just loads of fun. And it's brown. That's awesome. Yeah, brown <laughs> yeah. brown pedals. You really do have to love them. Otherwise, you would not be using them at all. <laughs> the UPS of pedals. <laughs> yeah. Love your pedals. Uh, <laughs> uh, the UPS of pedals, exactly. Um, okay, what's number two? Number two, speaking of number two, it's another brown pedal. Uh. <laughs> um, and this is the Electronic Audio Experiments Halberd. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. mm-hmm. And uh, this one is one of my favorite drive pedals that is very much me, except I think I use it a little bit differently than most people. I think people really like the higher gain, throaty, sort of clangy uh, clipping options mm-hmm. on this thing. I like to use sort of the sort of aggressive, slightly mid-scooped sound. I think it might be the toggle all the way down. And I keep the gain fairly low. And it's sort of my first stage. And and one of the reasons it's one of my favorites for that is it has a very smooth decay. Um, A lot of pedals, including some that I've made, have a little bit of a, a crackle. You know, it's whether it's the op amp or the diodes kind of almost fighting to let that all come out as the signal weakens nice and smoothly. And the halberd's super nice with that. Um, now, so, yeah. I'm, did you get the the bigger body? No, because that's the smaller body is the brown one. I had the, the brick red one. That was a slightly bigger uh, enclosure. Nice. Yep, yep. This was the small one, which yeah. definitely uh, it sold me. And seeing the pictures of like the internals of this thing, I was just kind of like, oh my goodness. And a lot of times, you know, I'll reach out if I want a pedal and be like, hey, would you like to do a trade, yeah. you know, with another fellow builder? Um, but with this one, I was just like, that's a work of art, man. I'm just going to buy it. So uh, yeah, real big fan of this. I've actually, I've played probably three shows in the last two years, just filling in for bands mm-hmm. and I've used it on bass as well. And Oh yeah, that's, yeah, I suppose that would be a, g- a good one for bass. Yeah. And, um, I've put it after fuzzes as well. Really? Um, yeah. Just to kind of like, I, I have a couple of different fuzz pedals that I've had in my line and you know, there's no tone control. And in one case, there's not even a volume control. So putting the halberd after it kind of becomes like a nice, EQ booster smoother yeah. outer, um, yeah. So kind of does a bunch of stuff, and I was like, "Hey, that's brown too. Let's let's put it on four on the floor." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, yeah. John Snyder's a genius. So drink, drink, uh, and yeah, and incredibly helpful. Super um, nice dude. Yeah, I, I asked him a couple questions the other day on a pedal I was working on, and I thought he was going to say, "Hey, maybe you should try this." Like, period. Uh-huh. And he went ahead and I call it sight read the schematic that I sent him. And he 
stream of consciousness typed every single thing that he came across and his thoughts, even if it was just like, wow, that's really cool looking. And I was like, oh my goodness, man, I didn't mean for you to like take time. I, I just thought you were going to have some quick, easy fix. And yeah, just so generous with his knowledge and time and make some great pedals. So, uh, yeah. That's cool, man. I dig it. I dig it. It's a little, um, uh, how do you say, when you, when you see preamp on the, uh, on the front of a pedal, it can kind of play with your head a little bit. You're like, okay, what, how do, how do I best use this? It, preamps, it's, it, they're not as, fam I don't think, familiar to, to us in the sense of, oh, an overdrive does this, a distortion does this, um, you know, uh, a fuzz does this. Preamp, how is that different from a boost? And, and, and that kind of thing. So uh, that, could, that could be a good 101 show, actually. Mm. Preamps, 101. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Hmm. Pedal nomenclature. Yes, pedal nomenclature. What do that'll that'll go right through the roof on the old Googles. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think one thing that I I don't know one thing that I kind of picked up when I started you know designing and working with pedals was that a preamp really just is like a drive pedal with EQ and or it doesn't have EQ and it's just like a saturation device or it's just it's a EQ. level. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's, it's kind boost. of a. I mean, really, most of my pedals are before the amp. You know, they're all preamplifier right. devices. Right. Um, but preamp definitely makes it feel uh, classy. You're just like, oh, dude, I got an entire preamp in this box. Yes. And that's uh, that's a little bit more, you know, fancy than saying I got this stomp box. Mm -hmm. Make some dirt. It's like, okay, man, but do you have a preamp? Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. I'm gonna make a pre preamp. Oh yeah, right. yeah. That's, we that's call that I mean. a guitar. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'll do a post preamp. Yeah, it's a post preamp. So, anyways, uh, how about number three? All right, um, I'll just come out and say it. It's the Cameltone Nard. Okay. Yep, uh, Cameltone Electronics. I gotta look that one up. I'm not familiar. The pedal is called the Nard. Right. Okay. Now I'll explain. So, Andy. Uh, he runs Cameltone Electronics. He's sort of rebranded as Potential Audio, um, makes some really great cables. And I met him when he played in a band called the Super Weeks. Okay. And I played in a band called the Apology Tour. And it was really funny because we just kind of became fast friends because I went to one of their shows and I was talking to their, their guitar player, Evan Bernard. Bernard. Right. Ah, so is. this is kind of the pedal designed with that guitar player by the other guitar player in that band, the Super Weeks. So this is the Nard. And we were talking pedals, whatever, and they were like, hey, Andy over there has a pedal company. And this was like five or six years ago, way before I even knew how to solder, to be honest. And I was like, that is so cool. We started talking about pedals, whatever. And when I met that band, this is a little bit of a tangent, but kind of cool. I was talking about my baritone guitar mm -hmm. and my synthesizer that I have on stage with me in my new band. And Evan, I think he thought I was making fun of him. And he's like, oh, yeah, you do that? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, cool, Like, what, what tuning are you in then? And 
he kind of had this way about him. And I was like, what's wrong with you, dude? And I realized he also played a baritone guitar and had a synthesizer in his band. Ah, so and I was he like, thought you were... So I thought he was kind of making fun of me. Like, oh yeah, dude, I got a baritone too. And I play a Korg DS-20. I'm like, I have a Korg DS-20. And we started just talking and we realized we both were very much doing the same sort of thing. So I watched his band and I was like, I love your band. Can I please play you my songs um, at the local venue in Flint, Michigan over the PA after the show? So I played them like the mixes or masters that we were doing with our, our, our band, the Apology Tour. And they were like, why are we not best friends? Yeah. And we became, you know, fast friends. So fast forward, I'm talking to Andy, the guitar player, and I'm like, I kind of want someone to design to, to design a pedal for me. And Wonder Studios is my studio. I, you know, record bands, produce, mix, whatever. I want to have like my signature sound. I'll have someone build. And he was just like, why don't you build it yourself? And I was like, well, I don't know how. And he was like, well, it's it's pretty easy. And he sent me a kit uh, with video instruction that he offered to other people as well, how to build a Camel Tone Electronics Nard <laughs> distortion pedal. Hmm. And it was the first pedal I ever built. And it sounds awesome. They market it as the Blue Album by Weezer in a box. Right. And it really does that thing. And it's kind of a take on like the DAM Sonic Titan um, with a few changes, very simple. And yeah, just a great, it sounds like power amp distortion and it pairs well with the halberd. Um, I don't have a fuzz on my four on the floor, but if you crank both pedals, it'll be, I love fuzz that is basically a fuzzy distortion. So those two together sound awesome. Um, nice. it's the first, this, the, the one I'm holding in my hand right now is the current production model. They still sell them. Uh, so I recommend check them out if you want a pedal that is called a Nard yeah. by a company called Camel Tone. And, uh, yeah, it's great. And without Andy pushing me to learn how to solder, I wouldn't be here today talking to you. That's cool. Nice. What a great story. That's neat. Yeah. Number four. All right. So here's one that came out of left field. Um, the Old Blood Noise Endeavors Black Cap. Oh, yeah. Yep. This is a dual, I want to say, harmonic tremolo. Mm -hmm. Maybe I, ha I have that pedal. I am in love with it. And it's tremolo is one of my favorite sounds in the world. It's just something about it. You know, on an old Fender amp or whatever, the, the Strymon Flint, I always love oh, yeah. popping that on. So when I heard about this... I was just kind of like, wait, this is two tremolos. Why would I want two? And you could put them in series or parallel and change, you know, the rates and there's a ramp and you can kind of get these cool faux Leslie sounds. We were talking about Leslie's earlier. Mm -hmm. um, and also you can make one just like throb really slowly. Sorry. I know this is a clean podcast. And then the <laughs> other one, you can kind of, you know, make it do like triplets of the slow throb or, four times as fast. So you kind of get these really cool pulsing clashing sort of sounds that can completely change whether you do series or parallel. So yeah, they kind of they kind of like sit on top of each other in a in some sort of magical way. Yeah, and I'm a I'm not like a huge modulation fan. Um I love chorus pedals 
But, you know, when you turn on a chorus, you're just like, yeah, that's a chorus. You know, it's a small clone. It's got one knob. It does the thing. And I love it. But when I can create something that doesn't, when you can't pinpoint what it is, that is such a cool feeling. Mm. When it's like, yo, that's a tremolo, but there's like another they thing going a on. built company off of that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what this is doing, but I yeah. like it. I mean, that's one of the, you know, I think what comes to mind when I, when I think of something like that is like, how soon is now? The, the opening oh, yes. of that, yeah. With where, and I think, if I if I remember right, that the, those were two different uh, Fender twins that he was running uh, parallel into, but one with two different rates on the tremolos, and that's what gives it that kind of choppy, you know, almost both diddlyish kind of sound. But mm -hmm. that, yeah, that I think you can kind of emulate that with the pedals, similar to that. Yeah, almost like a slapback tremolo, if mm -hmm. that's a thing. Yeah, so. Yeah, a big fan of that. So I kind of went with uh, the four on the floor being a mix of just sentimental value, some good story time, and also just fun. And, yeah. you know, I, I obviously didn't want to use any of my own pedals because the reason I make my pedals is what I would want and what I would use. So mm -hmm. basically, I set out to make every pedal that I would want on my board. Yeah. Um, so picking other pedals was actually kind of difficult not not just because it's like oh wait what would i use in place of what i use now that yes. i've designed and built um but also you know it's just wanted to shout out some of my friends you yeah. know there's so well also like, it's against the rules so yeah exactly I don't, first I don't and foremost <laughs> you know they say punk rock is about just falling in line you know yeah, yeah. Even, <laughs> rules are also, for fools and like for example you know so many even john you know has an incredible rat style pedal um that's sitting right next to me the snitch Ooh. and it, this this one's made out of wood and like I was like, oh man, but I have another friend who does a rat style pedal and another one. And I was like, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So I'm like, okay, no rats allowed. Um, so I made, <laughs> I made some other rules for myself. I was almost late today coming here because I didn't want to hurt feelings. Yeah. But yeah, I wanted to give the snitch a shout out because I really like that thing. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Very cool. Well, um, ladies and gentlemen, we are well into our, <laughs> our, uh, typical, stride of show which was great because we're you know we're talking naturally and we're having a good time so that's right i'm not going to try to cut this short no just because you are getting impatient no you just have to finish now and, and no pick it up. just drive just further. drive tomorrow listen to it on your drive no, tomorrow whatever. drive further keep driving keep driving that's what tony says so let's get on with finding out about wonder pedals first of all where does the name come from all right so if we take a step back from Wonder Effects, there I'm was sorry. Wonder. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, you're you're allowed that. to call it. You're allowed to call it Wonder Pedals. I've heard lots of people say that. And well, I'm going to say Wonder Effects. Wonder Effects. Wonder Effects. It's committed memory. <laughs> now go ahead. Oh heck yeah! All right, so yeah, Wonder Effects was named after my studio, Wonder Studios, and yeah, I could go a little further back from there, but as a sidebar. I was maybe going to make one pedal, maybe one or two kinds of pedals, and it would be my my studio's sort of signature pedal, like mm, my, my, okay. my studio's signature sound. Because, you know, my main job is being a studio engineer, producer, mixer. Um, but then with the pandemic, uh, bands kind of stopped coming into the studio for good reason, and people started buying pedals for good reason. 
And when my wife, the accountant, did my taxes at the end of 2020 and 2021, she was like, this is your job. Wonder Effects is your job. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? She's like, <laughs> yeah. So I was just kind of like, okay. So, um, but yeah, before that, Wonder Studios, um, that was named after a band called The Wonders from a movie called That Thing You Do. Of yeah. course. And when I named the studio, I started calling it Oneater Studios. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and a lot of people didn't get it. You know? I guess I guess people are younger than me now who make music. So I was just like, okay, to make it easy, I'm just going to call it Wonder Studios. But calling it Wonder Studios didn't make it much easier because it's still phonetically spelled Oneater. Yes. Uh, so I kind of started accepting both, and I'm okay with that. So the correct way is wonder. If you want to say Oneater, like I get that you get the joke, and I'm down with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the one thing that does bother me is if someone from that doesn't, you know, follow my page, or if someone just heard of me, or they saw me in like a a promoted poster and ad, and they kind of type out like a gotcha moment, like. Oh, like Oneater? Ever heard of that movie? There's already a movie. I'm like, yeah, it's from the movie. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like you're not telling me that I ripped this off and I should know better. It's like, no, it's a tribute. It's one of my favorites. So uh yeah, that's the kind of weird convoluted thing. Maybe I'll change it to wonder W-O-N-D-E-R one day. I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, or just the number one with a dur at the end. I never heard it. I never said it in my head as anything but wonder. I, have, oh, I wow. only, but as soon as I saw it, I was like, okay, wonder. I wonder if that's is like, if it's a playoff his last name or something, but, you know, when I first, cause I contacted you actually a while ago. And, uh, I, as I recall, I believe you said, uh, thank you. I, I, would really like to. I don't think I'm in a place where I can do that right now yet. Yeah. And I, I actually, I was looking back through those emails and I was like, what was the reason that I didn't do it? And I think it was in the middle of me switching all of my switching, all of my foot switching to relay bypass and hating it. Oh, um, I was having a lot of issues. Uh, my wonder drive pedal, with the relay did some weird voodoo stuff hmm. like the pedal would turn on when you turned off your amplifier and the pedal would turn on when you turned on your amplifier uh there was crazy voltage things going on and i had some smart people working on it and they were just like bro your circuit's broken um and i was kind of losing my mind over it and i was just like you know what? This doesn't feel right. Also, these clickless foot switches, I don't really like the way they feel personally. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just did it because that's kind of like the expensive I'll ignore that comment. But, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> so, I love the clickless, uh, the clickless stuff personally. So that's the thing. I do. I do love them. Mm -hmm. um, like my halberd here, this brown guy, you know, it's got them. It's great. Um, but was I it just I, the particular part? Um, I'm not quite sure, but I didn't have time to worry about it any longer. Mm. And I was talking to, I think it was Zach from Mythos Pedals. Mm -hmm. And he went, oh, dude, just go with the switch. Here's my, here's my, uh, here's where I, we order our switches. They're great. They have a low failure rate. They're cheap. And I was like, oh, cool. I could just switch back. And I did. And I've never been happier. 
Like it's, it's one of those things I always know it's going to work out for me when I build it. Um, and also, you know, just, I guess when I was in, I, I should, I guess say this, I was in a band for 13 years and we toured for 10 years, nine or 10 months out of the year. Mm. Um, so I was constantly gone. Like I was a touring musician, uh, fronting a band, singing and playing guitar. And we were never home for more than two and a half months at a time mm -hmm. for, a, for a full decade. And so I have a lot of experience playing live. And that's kind of part of what makes me confident in the pedals that I make. It's like, I know what I would want to hear uh, live and in the studio, because those are two things that I've, I've definitely gotten my 10,000 hours in on. Yeah. Uh, pedal building, you know, I've got like four hours, but as far as playing and recording uh you know I've, I've been around the literal block and the block being the world so i was like you know what this imposter syndrome stuff it's okay because i barely know how to solder and i'm burning holes in my basketball shorts but i know what i want the pedal to sound soldering like while it. you were sitting it like cross-legged or something oh you know how many times i'm trying to eat pretzels or something while i have a soldering iron in my <laughs> hand or i'm being funny and trying to make toast with a soldering iron and write uh, stuff i'm and then edward soldering hands ow, <laughs> ow, ow. that's it yeah it happens so yeah so with the whole playing live thing i was like you know what i do like feeling that haptic feedback of hitting a switch um it's it's very subtle but I was like, yeah, that's kind of where I come from. It, it feels rock and roll to me. So I'm like, I'm okay staying there. Yeah. I, I so and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a clarifying thing in here real quick, okay? Oh, sure. Uh when it comes to modulation, not necessarily uh, drive, that's where I for for whatever reason, I'm like, no, I'm I d I don't need it to go clunk clunk and then the trim comes on. I am 100% with you on that. Um, I started working on a delay pedal and with, with somebody I probably shouldn't talk about yet because who knows if it's not a thing. I don't want people to be disappointed. But it's like all good to go, clickless bypass, tap tempo. And then as John knows, we were just talking about this in our little uh, Discord secret society, uh, the digital world is really messed up right now as far as the supply chain. Uh, so yeah, I will have a clickless pedal in my future. Uh, I don't know when it'll come around. I don't know. I don't, I don't follow these things. Mm -hmm. I just kind of sit and wait for someone to tell me. Uh, so I really hope that, uh, I get to do that cause I, I'm, I'm kind of over almost, well, I'm almost done making dirt pedals. I've, when I've, you say almost done, are you just like moving on because you've done a bunch of dirt pedals? Pretty much. I kind of told myself I need to make the whole bottom row of what I would want on my pedal board. Yeah. So I got my fuzz. I got my low gain distortion. I got my high gain distortion. And then I've got my kind of my wonder drive is like the kind of like a Swiss army knife, but like a very weird shaped Swiss army knife that does things that other pedals don't do, mm -hmm. which is my happy accent. You know, we could talk about that more too. Um, and then I kind of, I think I have like one more fuzzy type thing that I'm working on. Mm -hmm. um, I, my biggest pedal that I put out was the Fuzzhausen, which was a signature model pedal for a pro wrestler. 
And uh, I know that's a weird statement, but no, I maybe... that, that that falls in line. I mean, there's that that's <laughs> the that's the kind of kitschy stuff that people love, you know. Yeah, so I was kind of like, uh, there's a wrestler named Danhausen. Uh, he looks like a demon. He sounds like Mr. Burns, <laughs> and he is he was blowing up kind of on YouTube and like the small indie wrestling circuit. And I was kind of like, hey, buddy, haha, do you want to do a fuzz pedal? And he was like, yeah, he doesn't play guitar. Um, yeah, what is that? And, and his, his uh, yeah, exactly. And his, uh, his slogan, his catchphrase was very nice, very evil. Uh, so he kind of, you know, he lures the crowd in by being very nice, but he has evil intentions. So he was like, if there could be a very nice and a very evil mode, that would be great. And I already had a, a no knob fuzz pedal in mind with two foot switches, a mini pedal. And the very evil side is basically feedback oscillation, really hard to deal with. You have to fight through it with your guitar and you can manipulate the the pitch with your volume or tone knobs, a wah pedal, whatever, if you don't have a buffer before it. So it's a very fun, like synthy, but strange little baby device that just for lack of a better word, totally dooms and uh i was like cool maybe there are 30 independent wrestling fans who play <laughs> guitar who would like this and f- i think 550 units later we wow. had to call it good wow. um he signed to a big tv deal with aew which is pretty much i want to say as big as wwe now so he's on tv every week and basically we kind of had to do a little cease and desist before they asked us to cease and desist um, before they wanted their cut, you know? Right. So it was like an amicable, like, Hey, I think this needs to stop here. Yeah. But he said, never say never. We can very much bring it back down the road. Cause this is something that a wrestling company would never make themselves. Right. Um, but yeah, me personally building 550 pedals, uh, that was pretty much my 2021. Wow. Like it was, and the, I guess the beginning part of 2022. Uh, yeah. And I'm so thankful I got that opportunity. And also I'm just, I kind of laugh every time I see his weird, stupid face in front of me. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the heck is going on? I have a wrestler pedal, but yeah, it's the only signature model pedal for a wrestler. Mm. And possibly, so far. Yeah. And the only yeah. one so far. Well, you and, know, it's and possibly the only signature model pedal for someone who doesn't play guitar i know like one of the first fuzzes was for like a trumpet player maybe so who knows crazy uh we oddly enough there is in our live music community here in columbus there is a whole like wrestling subculture will where they will do bands against bands wrestling and then and also play like uh, yeah, a bunch of people yeah. that we play with, they just had a wrestling night and they were doing all the the pre-show stuff, you know, like uh, just being ridiculous. And uh, it's it's it is a weird thing that honestly, I don't understand. Actually, one of our uh, our closest sort of band bros, um, the Howling Commandos, um, have several songs about professional wrestling. But more oh, more nice. old schooly, and and those guys are fantastic. Please go listen to Howling Commandos on Spotify. They are 
awesome dudes and so they bring a show so powerful they're great um nice. now w- would you rather have them listen to the howling commandos or the Valentinos? after the Valentinos, <laughs> listen to the howling command no no actually listen to the commandos first they were you know they but listen to both yeah do both anyways okay so so that's that was a, a long and winding road to the, to your pedal one of your pedals let's talk about the the wonder drive this is is this fair to say this is your signature pedal yeah i guess you can call it my flagship you know it might not be that signature uh, yeah flagship's better yeah it might not be the most would you say this is your flagship pedal i would (laughs) i would i would say it's my flagship okay good good word for that um yeah i uh it was kind of the first pedal i tried to develop on my own and at first it was kind of like a four knob thing with a clean blend and a switch and it basically came back and three of the knobs didn't really do anything mm. and i was really disappointed and i was like this is not how i thought this was going to go you know i had someone make a pcb for me and i populated it and turned it on and i was like ah, this this just isn't it so i'll focus on some of the other pedals that i'm working on and I had a band in here in September of 2022 called No Trigger. Uh, their record just came out. They put out an album called Doctor Album, and which is a great name for an album. It's kind of an inside joke that just kind of they they kept in the back of their minds for two years. I had no idea they were going to call it Doctor Album for real, but here we are. It just came out, and we were looking for some more guitar layer sounds. And I was like, I have this stupid pedal that didn't work. Let's see what it sounds like when I plug it in. And we found like one or two usable sounds. I kind of just fixed three of the knobs in a very specific place and messed with the level and the game. And they were like, dude, this thing rips. And I was like, yeah, well, it doesn't really do what I want it to do. They're like, but it sounds good like this. And that's when I was like, hmm, wonder if I should just find, you know, the values at which these pots are when they're just stuck like that and get rid of them and put out a two knob pedal. And I came up with like some weird diode configuration um, to try to smooth out some of that crackly decay, which did not work by the way. Um, But it had a very really cool different sound and it's three silicon diodes and one led diode, um, which is kind of, uh, from what I understand, uh, unorthodox. It's something people don't usually do, but I don't really know what I'm doing. I just stick <laughs> stuff into holes and see what it sounds like. And I thought it sounded pretty good. So yeah, uh, the next PCB that I ordered had just two knobs and that one switch. And I was just like, this is cool. Like I personally really like this. This is not what I intended this pedal to be but it's its own thing. And I recently, I mean, it's been over two years since I put out the pedal, but I really recently made a little reel on Instagram or TikTok about the the toggle being called a Billy switch. And it seems to be getting a lot of traction. And that's because toggle up is Billy Gibbons. And it's kind of a tight, compressed, vintage that's, kind of like that's rock the thing. That's the minus if you're looking at it. Yeah, People. minus, which is basically less, like just less stuff coming at you. Yeah. 
And then if you put the toggle down to the plus sign, that's op amp only clipping, and that's the Billy Corgan side. Ah. Um, so it's the Billy switch. It does my two Billies. Um, you know, it's less cool to say it does like Weezer and Leonard Skinner, but it, you know, that's <laughs> kind of You're what right. I intended it to do. I'll edit uh, that. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 kind of cool. It's a weird beast that was very much an accident. You know, the op amp op amp clipping basically happened from me being frustrated and literally ripping out all the diodes and just being like, I'm starting over and then strumming it and going, Oh, wait a second. I'm like, this thing really has a kind of a gnarly, hairy, thick fuzz sound when I crank the gain. I was like, that I wasn't intending for this to happen. And then yeah, it just kept going from there. And uh yeah, I've had people say it's their favorite drive pedal, which is very flattering and very cool um so yeah i guess i'll keep making them that's cool and and the one that you gave us came in a very uh uh i don't know if you saw the um unboxing that i did for this yeah i did i did did uh yeah it was really weird because <laughs> it was one of those serendipitous moments where i made the thing and i was like oh this reminds me of this song this uh you know skin is black metallic and then i was like oh i can actually put that on the video and so it starts playing as soon as i say that which is very clever i do say much so it's the internet you could do whatever you can do things uh anyhow so yeah this is so tony and i got to play this yep and uh you know john's already familiar with it um but uh tony why don't you uh share some of your experience with this really quick yeah so i mean what i found is I mean, for the most part, it, it's definitely a drive pedal. I mean, and you're playing it out of your hand-wired uh, Vox, Vox AC15. AC yeah. And, oh, nice. And, um, and fun. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. I'm watching one of those on reverb, so don't don't <laughs> tell me how great that amp is because uh, it's it's actually pretty good. I mean, I, yeah. I like it better than the 30, but um, but regardless, I use that as kind of my 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 base because it takes pedals pretty well. It I know what the sound sounds like so that it's a good test amp for me um so what i found i mean for the most part um and depending on where you put the the knobs i usually start at 12 o'clock on everything and then adjust from there yep and i mean it's you know it's definitely got kind of a a, more of a distortion pedal the more you know gain and and output that you that you dial into it um, the Billy switch, which now I know what that is, uh, is, is, is a, is a really cool feature. And, and the one thing I, I actually took time to take it apart well, not take it apart, but open up the back and adjust the, there's a, a treble trim pot on the inside. Did you adjust it back? Yeah, it's full up now. Okay. Yeah. It's back to full up. Okay. Um, and, um, as you say in your instructions, you don't notice it unless you are really going, you know, heavy duty on the overdrive. But it it does tend to clean up, maybe take some of the the brittleness out of out of some of the uh, the clipping. Um, oh yeah, for sure. And uh, so I thought that was a really cool feature. And as I told Todd, I said, I wonder now, now that I've heard what you said about having you know wanting to get it down to a two knob, I understand why. But I said you could wow, you could almost put that that trim pot um, as, a, as a as a regular pot on there. To have yeah you know, have it externally, I guess instead of having to open up the back, like the the little I don't know what they're actually called the little tiny ones the little oh, oh black the, the technical nubby. term is baby nubbin baby nubbin yeah <laughs> that's Tony's nickname <laughs> oh that's cute 
<laughs> no, but it's it's funny that you mentioned that uh that external sort of bright knob that that tone tone knob as it might be. Yeah. Um, I've been kind of playing with a sort of a prototype that's like half muff, half Wonder Drive, and putting that externally, especially when you're stacking, is super useful. So I'm kind of like kicking myself that I never made it externally, but I think that's something that's going to happen in the future because I really push for people to try to stack this thing. It, it sounds really good going into pedals or pedals going into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, having a little bit more room to manipulate it uh, is is definitely something that I'm looking into. And also there's even another uh, an, another clipping option that I've messed with. And I didn't really understand the allure of it before. I was kind of just like, eh, it, it gets too dark. It's not gainy enough. But Tim over at Bardic Audio Devices. Tim Nowak. Yeah. He's our he, pal. He was actually commissioned by somebody to do a half muff, half wonder drive. Oh. And I, the, the, basically a guy asked me to build that. And I was like, I don't really do custom one-off things. I end up, you know, hiring people to do my PCBs. It's not something I do personally. Uh, I just make the pedal sound how I want it and have somebody do the the sciency stuff, the nerd stuff, because you're all geeks, John. And then anyway, um, oh, that sounded like an ogre. That was scary. Um, but yeah, so I hit up to, uh, Tim and I was like, hey, buddy, you have my schematic for the Wonder Drive do you want to do this custom project for this dude? And Tim ended up sending me one of those, uh, the double, the, the muff and the wonder drive. And I was like, I shouldn't even be talking about this because it's so top secret, but it had that extra silicon clipping that was symmetrical and it played really well with other pedals. And I was like, Oh man, so yeah, um, it's so cool. You know, like, so the wonder drive is very less is more, and it's very minimalist. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, that's cool. Well, it's it's, a, it's, a, it's a super usable pedal. I mean, that's that's one of the things when when Tony and I were talking because I I played it through my rig and went through a, a, a Marshall um, uh, Origin fifty. Nice. And yeah. um, I, I you know I put it in front. I put it in back. I kind of mix it up with some and and. For me, this pedal is like this is this is a this is a fantastic sidekick pedal. This is something that makes anything that I put it before or after sound d- cooler, different, differenter. You know, oh, rad, yeah. Um, so that's where I saw. Well, this is really really useful, especially with the switch, um, and not getting lost in. Um, you know, sometimes if you're stacking and you're like, oh my gosh, I've got now I've got how many tone controls do I have before I even get off the board, you know, into an entire <laughs> right. other EQ, you know. So uh, you you can really mess up your intent if you're not if you're not careful because those things start to add up uh, quickly. And uh, that's one thing I appreciated about this one in particular. Oh, very cool, man. I'm glad you uh, had a good time with it. Can you tell us what, um, you know, anybody looking at the Wonder Drive, um, and uh, I think um, we've got some icons on here. Any Anything, I mean, obviously you put them there for a reason. Oh, those little icons on there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I when I started making 
pedals in early 2020, yeah, 2020, uh, I wasn't printing anything with UV printing and I didn't really know how to go about that even. So I was like, okay, I can write stuff by hand and I have really bad handwriting. So I was like, I don't want to write, you know, level and gain on the pedal. So I kind of did like a little arrow for volume and a little kind of upward squiggle, kind of like in the same vein as like my orange amp. I have an, an orange Rockverb uh, Mark III that has like all like those little like pictograms on it. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, pictures are good enough and I can draw those fine. So I, for a while I was doing these two knob pedals that had the little arrow and then the little squiggle. Mm-hmm. So when it came time to actually get art done for the pedal with like the badge icon, mm-hmm. I was like, man, we should just keep rolling with these little little pictures. Right. And then uh, on some of my other pedals, um, Old Blue and the Red Rider, for my tone, I you know I call it the range knob, and it has like a target with two arrows coming at it. Mm-hmm. And then there's a weight knob, like the low end, pre, pre, uh, pre-gain low end, and it has like a little anvil on it with an arrow pointed down. Uh, so yeah, I'm kind of developing a few fun little icons that are hopefully going to be mainstays on the pedal. But yeah, it all kind of started with me uh, not wanting to write on the pedal. I understand. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool, man. Hey, it, you know, I really appreciate you um, holding off. I know that sounds weird, but, um, I, you know, I, I, res- I really respected that answer back, you know, a long time ago. I said, love to have you on the show. And uh, I'm glad that, you, that we waited because um, I, I think you probably got a whole lot more under your belt and are uh, you know making it all the different pedals and everything and and uh advanced quite a bit well thank you yeah i kind of i was able to ride out the storm even though like 2020 and 2021 were very good to me and very good to you know pedal makers and gear companies in general Mm -hmm. uh yeah it was still such a there were so many growing pains you know for every cool thing i learned there'd be two steps back where I ordered the wrong thing and you know, an entire pre-order batch was screwed and I needed to message everybody. You know, there's yeah. all these things I think that companies face early on, things you learn not to do. And I was kind of just like, I want to be in a place where I have a line of pedals, I have some stock and I have a direction. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, so I'm super glad that you had me back and, uh, yeah, and honestly, my brain is still racing with like new pedal ideas as we're talking, as it always is. I'm like literally, I'm like, oh man, I should do the external Wonder Drive tone knob, and then maybe I should add that extra clipping. Oh, maybe I'll do a Wonder Drive Deluxe. Like, I cannot stop thinking that's, of pedals. <laughs> that's a good and problem ideas. to have, man. Yeah, it's great, but then sometimes I'll have an idea in the middle of the night, and then I'll spend a bunch of money to get something going, and be like, I didn't really want to do this. Why am I doing this? And then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have some really hilarious looking prototype boards in front of me where I'm like, what was this? Like, I was like, I want it to be half the DNA of this animal and half the DNA of this pedal. And everyone's like, what are you doing, man? So, yeah. Well, hey, everybody, you need to go check out uh, Wonder Effects and get your hands on something that uh, that he makes because... Uh, he's got a lot of thought behind you just listened to all the thinkings and all the thoughts uh, so 
that usually translates into good sounding pedals and well made. That's the other thing. These are really, really solid pedals. There's oh, this is not you. a you know, open up it, open up the box and go like, well, I better not touch or bump it or anything. No, this is you, you, this is a very gig friendly pedal. Yeah, that's definitely a goal. And, you know, they're designed by ear, you know, like mathematically, I'm sure some of the stuff would be easy to figure out, but it literally is me pulling stuff out, putting stuff in listening to it on five different amps you know luckily i have a studio and a soundproof room so i can crank a little fender amp to 10 i can crank a marshall style amp all the way i can listen to stuff in like bedroom levels and i'm always seeing how different pedals work with different guitars and different amps and it's a long painstaking process but when i when i finally get it i'm like okay this is this is why i've been spending so many hours doing this mm -hmm. and uh and people seem to be liking it. You know, some like some of my pedals are a little unique and wild. Like the Wonder Drive is definitely, it's got this like 800 hertz mid-range to it. So it's almost, it can get like Brian May at times and Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, something like Old Blue, it's very neutral, low gain. Like anybody could use it. Um, so yeah, there's, uh, there's something hopefully for everybody. And I'm just going to keep expanding and getting weirder as well as a, oh yeah i have a boost too forgot about that it looks like bread that's fun yeah <laughs> that is my, fun that's my favorite yeah <laughs> thank you yeah that's, that's a really fun one it has a little secret fuzz switch that's actually really really fun to play with and uh the dirty boost side people are just like yeah i didn't need a new boost but put it on the dirty boost but which yes is, i do <laughs> it's yeah it's two boosts in a row and it sounds like an old people have said it like an old Vox amp that's cranked. And I was like, oh, heck yeah. Like that wasn't my intent, but I'm glad it sounds like a Vox to you. Cool. Um, and it, did I mention it looks like bread? That's fun. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's past my bedtime. That's why I'm, I, I'm sounding weird. Have it's you ever considered I'm, making it look like bread? You know, I'm afraid that I'll get a cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, nah, I am not afraid. Like Red Rider hasn't even come at me, the Daisy uh, Air Rider. Oh, company. that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I'm not trying to be like rip off meme pedal guy, but I, I want pedals to be there, fun. If it's there, you know, nah, it looks cool. It. It, it looks cool. Yeah. Yes. I want pedals to be fun. I think that's what it's all about. You know, I, I do take what I do seriously, but I, I want people to have a good time. You know, go play music, enjoy looking at the pedals, enjoy listening to them. Just like, don't worry about it so much. Forget about everything that's going on in your world and just, just riff out for a bit and, you know, and then go back to the hospital and finish up your surgery, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Word them up on the level as, uh, exactly. As, uh, public enemy would say. All right. Hey, everybody. Let's, uh, first of all, thank you so much, Nick, for sharing your story with uh, with all of us. And seriously, people, go check out what he can do for you as far as getting a new pedal on your board. Uh, thank you. We need to... What are we doing right now, Tony? We're, we're hopping in the El Camino. That's gotta, right. Got to track down Jared. He's yep. down in Nashville somewhere. Yes. I suspect he's at uh, Martin's Barbecue. Hmm. It's, that's likely. Very likely. Yeah. Very likely. Okay. So anyhow, we're going to hop in the old El Camino, mm -hmm. and we're going to do a little thing that we call, Would You Rather? 
That's terrible, but whatever. Yeah, I don't. Ahead. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, Jared. This is his segment. It, it is. So, all right, go. All right, this uh, would you rather is brought to us by one of our good friends, Andrew Dehan. Yes, returning, returning to the fold, Andrew Dehan. Yes, and uh, this is what he calls the would you rather. Mischievous Haunted Guitar Edition. Ooh. Because we are getting close to Halloween. My favorite season. It is. It's The fall is upon us. So you're walking down the street when you get a phone call from a friend who manages a couple of groups in need of your excellent guitar mastery. One group is a touring country act in need of someone to wield a B-bender. The other is a Pantera tribute band who needs you to pull off dime bags, riffs, and whammy tricks. The catch is each group requires you to play a heinously haunted guitar. Ooh, scary, scary stuff. For the country group, it's a bee bender where every time you bend the bee, your fly mysteriously gets unzipped. Okay. For the pan- right. for the Pantera group, you've got a camo dean that uh, when whenever so that's a camouflage version, uh, the dean guitar yeah. camouflage uh, like dime bag play, like dime bag. Oh yeah. Whenever how, how would you even see it? Uh, keep going. Okay. <laughs> Just don't wear camouflage shorts. Uh, whenever you hit the whammy, your pants get pulled up an inch, slowly giving you a wedgie. Both gigs play well, and you're desperate for the money. Which would you rather do? Uh, okay. I Thank like you, that. Andrew, for sending that in. Uh, Tony, what are you going to do? I am not qualified to be in either band. but That's fair to say. I would much rather do the B-Bender, because I've monkeyed with those. I'm not, I'm, I'm not good. Um. And I, I think I'd much rather have my fly come down than get a wedgie. So that's what I'm doing. I'm doing the B-bender. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, John? So I'm going to say something pretty controversial. <gasps> okay. I don't care for country music or Pantera. That's not controversial at all. So th- I'm going to take those <laughs> that whole aspect out of it's this very, scenario. That's a very one-sided <laughs> way to validate what you just said. <laughs> hey, guys, I hate everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> those are just two genres that I do not fall into. So all of that said, given the choice of the guitars and the uh, actions that happen as a result of them, I would go with the B-Bender because I think that guitar would speak to me more anyway. And I mean, to be fair, I'd say half the days I walk around town, it's about 5 p.m. and I realize my fly has been down since I left the house. Mm. So my fly being down is really not going to hurt my feelings. (laughs) Yeah, it's your your look. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Nick, what are you doing? Well, I'm toying back and forth with the different options. Uh, I have... Um, experience playing a haunted instrument. I bought a banjo from a guy that I found out uh, was dead. I didn't buy it from him while he was a ghost. I bought it from his son, and I didn't know that the guy who owned it was dead. So I have a haunted banjo in my house. Um, So yeah, it happens. Uh, I grew up playing blues and southern rock, and I really like kind of fendery clean amps these days. Um, I played with a B-Bender not too long ago, 
And I've also played a show naked. Uh, so my zipper coming down doesn't bother me at all. Uh, I think I would do better in the haunted country band with the zipper coming down mm. and the bee bender. Uh, however, with the wedgie, I feel like I would make a better metal face. <laughs> and sometimes that's all that matters. Like I've had to poop really bad on stage before. And like you make a face and I mean, it's literally a stink face. You're like, it's coming out, man. No, no. And so, yeah, like I'm not that great at playing metal, but I feel like if you give anyone high gain enough and they make a face, I think you can pull it off. Um, yeah, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the, the metal wedgie. Um, Wait, I just feel like... He, he's yeah. doing it. All right. Good for you. It. You're a brave yeah, let's, man. Let's go metal wedgie. Uh, and I think it's kind of like a, a masochism sort of thing. You know, yeah. like kind of like eating like a really spicy dish. It's like, let me get out there and just give me that wedgie that just keeps going up. It's a, it's a rite of passage. It's yeah. A, a, anytime I hear the word spicy, Tony, you maybe you you might be on the same wavelength. Wavelength. I'm gonna say it. That's, That's a, a spicy, spicy meatball. meatball. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really old ad. <laughs> See, wait, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Anyways, you know what? I'm going to Metal Island with uh, our pal Nick here. Nice. All right. Yeah, because. I mean, look. If somebody's gonna hand me a crazy guitar and and they would say, "All right, every you gotta you gotta just whammy the living bejeebers out of this for no real good reason at all," I'm gonna. That's I'm I'm all over. I'll do that. You'll do it all day long. Cause uh, yeah, cause everybody else will be making the stinky poo poo face if they, if I'm on a clean amp with a B bender. <laughs> Forget about the <laughs> zipper. They're gonna be like, "Oh Lord, this boy can't play." You know, oh, I've got the vapors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cornelius, Cornelius, do I see you? This boy's so bad. I feel like I'm dying inside. All right, uh, I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> uh, let's, we need to thank a few people. Well, strangely enough, Andrew did not tell us what his choice would be. He so. didn't. So we're going shame to have on to, you, Andrew. We're going to have to find out. For shame. We'll do, For some, shame. We'll do some follow-up investigation. Yes. Well, Todd, as you mentioned, there's this, we're at the point of the show where we like to thank a special group of people. These are our executive producers. Now, what's an executive producer? It's a sponsor, a patron of this very podcast, and makes the show possible. How do you become one? You go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Check out a couple levels in which you can participate, become a sponsor, a patron of this very podcast. Each level comes with some very nice thank you gifts. But there's one thing more as an executive producer that you get. What is that, Jared? You get to have your name read on the thing. Your name read on the thing. What? Was that the ghost of Jared? <laughs> he must be in the building. So special thanks to these executive producers. Moon Guitars, Vader in Pedals, John Halverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mizrahi, Mike D, Richard Kendall, Mark Garton, Matt Hart, James White, Justin Jones, Anthony Gemalero, Billy Gola Guitars, John Esterly, hmm. sitting to my immediate left, Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lamb, Michael Sanchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Tom Brazen, Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk from Wonderful Audio Technology. What? 
Don Kloss, Gregory Randall, Brett Hogarth, Eric Hemmer, Stuart George, Michael Furman, and yes, Andrew DeHaan is back as an executive producer. Welcome back, my good friend. Indeed. Yeah, see, now stop interrupting me, Todd. Sorry. <laughs> Your delay I was, I interruption. Was, I, was slow. <laughs> I feel like some names I'm used to hearing weren't all oh, that Oh, yes, because there's a level of executive producers we call our grand poobas. These are the top of the heap, the creme de la creme. These fine sponsors have a fez to wear while listening to the podcast. It's the law. Do not break the law. So special, special, special thanks to these grand poobas. Tommy Manasco, Ricardo Igareda, David Kaminga, Brandon Wound Pickups, Hex Matos, Michio Murakishi, Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler Rines, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S. Eddie Serratos, David Poe, and what's this? A new Grand Pooba? The man we met on the last episode? The. The Billy Spitfire. Billy, 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 Billy. How about that? Not only does he come on and help us out with the show, he's a grand pooba. Thank you, Billy. And thank the rest of all. Thank you, Billy. And thank the rest of you. Uh, we are grateful for our supporters. Uh, you know, I, there's no other way to say that. It's just truly, we, we are so thankful for you guys. Uh, we need to usher us ourselves out of here at this point. In time. Yes. And well, Nick, why don't you tell us where people can find your stuff? Uh, WonderEffects.com. Uh, I'm on WonderEffects on Instagram. And I don't know. You don't have to go to TikTok. That's not. Who cares? <laughs> um, but that's about it. Yeah, and it's funny. I actually I just got a text that says my five year old will not go to sleep unless I come back upstairs. Uh-huh. So he is just partying right now. <laughs> nice, and, nice. And I was just kind of like, oh well, you know, he can he can play on his iPad. Um, so yeah, this has been awesome. I, I like talking to uh, grownups. If you guys consider yourselves grown-ups. No, no. Um, yeah, normally my, my best friend is a, a one-and-a-half-year-old and a, a five-year-old. So this has been nice. Thank you for having me on. You yeah. bet, man. Thanks for coming on. Little Nubbins, where can people find you? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just go over to PickGuardian.com and check out some of the wares I have available for sale. Uh, but mostly what I do is custom work. So shoot me an email. Let me know what you're trying to do, and I'll be more than happy to take care of you. PickGuardian.com. Word. All right, John. So you can find me on Instagram at RareBuzzer, uh, RareBuzzer.com. 1970 series, uh, five out of six of them are done. Uh, Three of them are at their photo shoot right now, so they'll be on the website real soon. Nick mentioned the snitch earlier. Now, unfortunately, folks, snitch is out of production. But if you like the snitch, 
1970 distortion is the same pedal. What? And oh, yep. yeah. What yep. about the Cyborg? Uh, it but is, that's out of production, too. It is also out of production, and the 1970 distortion is even more the same pedal as the Cyborg. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Um, check those out, and uh, yeah. All right. Thank you. Uh, you can shoot me an email, Todd, at theguitarnobs.com. You can also DM me directly uh, on Instagram, at guitarnobs. Go ahead and share your thoughts, your hopes, your dreams, and your would-you-rathers. Send those our way. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, again, thank you to Nick from Wonder Effects. Go check those things out. Have a fantastic guitar week, everybody, and subscribe! Hiya! Yeah. Stop talking to me. <laughs> oh, Why not that? Tony, what? I am in the middle of a cornfield. Yeah. Kill it. I look, I, I look pretty good, though. You do. I'm not going to lie. Check this out. Check it out. I got. I even have the, this ring light. This is for content. It is. Hello. What the hell is going on here? Pretty, More importantly, uh, can you good. hear me? Oh my gosh! Freaking. He's got a fridge in a basement that's chock full of rosé. Well, you see, I no longer have to drink a six-pack yeah. to keep me from kid cutting off your head and putting it in a bowling bag. <laughs> you, you, you've escalated. <laughs> hey, guess look at. Everything How do I kill content? my video? Uh, video input. Mute. Boop. <laughs> and he's boop. gone. Well, that's very boring of you. I know. No I, also, I also have, look at that. What? I got that. To put things on. Um, you're like a parted haircut away from the baker in the... Uh, Fantastic Beasts movie. I do like donuts. You got an ice cream and it melted all over my hand and I couldn't <laughs> use the phone and get in the car. <laughs> Nick's like, this play-by-play -play is uh, riveting, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is great. <laughs> if you were in Kiss, who would you be? I think I'd have to be Ace Freely. Why don't we have a pedal maker cage match? I am still here. <laughs> You're like, why, though? <laughs> Dear God, my brain is gone. And away we go. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.